0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet.
2: National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's I Heart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. You're listening to Fox Sports
4: Radio. 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 Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz here in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We got Masters Golf going on right now. We're a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft. Jeff, we have a lot to talk about on this Saturday. Uh, We are going to keep you updated on the Masters. By the way, we just saw a hole-in-one from a Canadian golfer named Corey Connors. Never heard of the guy. But it elevated well, him all the way to a tie for second place. The good news, though, for Justin Rose is he started the day with a one-shot lead. He now has a three-shot lead after starting his round today, birdie-birdie. So uh, how closely are you watching the Masters, Jeff?
5: I'm watching it closely, as usual. I have I asked a friend of mine, hey, you know how do I wager on such an event? And so I actually have a wager for Connors as, like, the um the the highest air national finisher. He's wow! Crazy. Now,
4: why would you so, pick him? Now he did tie for tenth in the Masters I, in that November in Masters, which obviously bore no resemblance to the course we're seeing in April. But uh, th- th- I mean. Th- Really? I, I mean, you knew I, who Corey Connors was? No, no, no.
5: I said I asked someone oh. for their advice. Oh, okay. Their advice was bet Corey Connors. So I cannot take credit for that. Uh, but yes, I'm watching the Masters, of course. It's nice to have uh, golf back and, and the Masters on time. And it just feels like we're getting things back to normal in sports. Real quick, before we get going in sports. Yes. If anyone out there, I have a personal dilemma. Anyone can, You can tweet me, at Jeff Schwartz. I need a passport for my son. If anyone knows how to get a passport renewed for a kid. In oh, next hold three on. Days, now, what, what, what seems to, to be
4: there. the problem? I didn't realize it would be a problem getting a passport.
5: Yeah. So um, I, my wife and I, I don't know if this is like, if it—if it's good parenting, bad parenting, uh, not understanding what's going on, but we're going out of the country on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. We've been looking forward to it. We spent a lot of money on a family trip and we did not realize that kids' passports and this is definitely a first world problem, so don't pretend that I'm I'm not saying anything otherwise. Yes, um, they renew every five years, not every ten years. So my son's passport, which we got him when he was one, is um, expired, and getting a, a kid's passport renewed expedited is very difficult. Now, For how old is he right now? Six and a half. So
4: he's six and a half years old, and you need a quick passport, <laughs> expedited,
5: an expedited renewal. And, um, wow, it's proving to be very difficult. So if anyone out there has any ideas on how to get this done, I've give it to the large audience and millions of listeners to let me know at Jeff Schwartz, any, we've tried everything by the way. So if anything unconventional that you can think of, we even, we even emailed, which is on Saturday, our Congress people in Charlotte, (laughs) because supposedly you can get a passport
4: so no, the, you, you're you're, and I mean, there's other things going on besides your son's passport. You, I would you imagine can
5: get, you can get a passport expedited, yeah. through your congressperson's office. I did not know that till till today.
4: All right, um, and, and how's that working <laughs> for you? Apparently not. <laughs>
5: My wife sent an email Saturday, so yeah, okay. <laughs> Hopefully Monday we have. <laughs> All
4: right. Well, if you have a quicker way, at Jeff Schwartz, remember he spells Jeff G E O F F Schwartz. Um, get him out Please. there and and get this kid a, a passport. What happens if he doesn't get a passport? You just leave him behind?
5: Then I think it's a it's a it's a mommy daddy trip. We mm. see we were, is this we gonna not- be
4: like a home alone situation where he's at no. the house by himself or? see
5: we we have, we did not tell our kids about this trip. We were gonna tell them Thursday morning. we were gonna just wake up, hey kids, <laughs> like we're going like we're going to breakfast and we're gonna go in my truck and drive to the airport. Right. We're gonna surprise them and everything. We've packed their <laughs> bags and everything. They don't even know where we're going. So if we cancel, if we're just like, hey, mommy and daddy are going on a trip this week, like they won't even they don't know that they missed out.
4: <laughs> but the ever all the kids miss out then right
5: yeah uh, yeah emmy won't go either so yeah um yeah it'll be just a uh uh i mean you know those, is,
4: now how is, old how old's your other kid four and, a half. four and a half. you understand that if if for whatever reason they're not able to go on this trip this story he'll hold that well, they'll, they'll hold that against each other forever you understand that we missed out on that trip because you couldn't get a yes. new passport
5: I'll tell you what. My wife is going to church and kinkos this weekend. I, it might not be with anybody, but she is. Not, she will not be in the country next weekend. So um, I think I'll be. I think I'll be with her. But if anyone knows, if anyone has a better idea than calling your congressperson for an expired <laughs> passport, I had to look up who our congressperson was. Um, so uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, Whew, but I'm, I'm ready to talk some sports now. I just no, want to no, no. put that I, out I there can for, feel
4: like you're feeling the pressure right now, Jeff. Help Jeff Schwartz, please. Help him get that uh, passport please. for a six-and-a-half-year-old.
5: Anyone from the State Department listening in Washington, D.C., you know um, where to find me.
4: All right. Well, I tell you what. I got something I want to say at the top. Uh, and it is sports-related, but not something we're going to get a lot into today. And I want to do a shout-out uh, to all the San Diego Padre fans out there. As you know, during the week, that's where I am. 8,000... 206 games since the Padres were born in 1969 Ooh. and they are the last of the existing 30 teams in Major League Baseball to have a no-hitter. The fact that it took this long for the Padres to have a no-hitter and it happened with Joe Musgrove last night uh as he was acquired from the Pirates. By the way, you know, we we talk about, you know, Joe Musgrove like unless you were a Pirates fan or you're a Padres fan, you really don't know a lot about this guy. But how about this? His last four starts, the last two yeah. he had with Pittsburgh last year, and the first two that he has had this year with the Padres, he hasn't had he has given up a run. He has a 31.
5: He's been really good,
4: yeah. He had, in his last two starts, he had a six-inning start with three hits, no runs, 11 strikeouts, one walk. And then a seven-inning start, three hits, no runs, 10 strikeouts, one walk. He had his first start with the Padres, six innings, Three hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. And last night he throws a no-hitter. And the only person to reach base was on a hit batter. So you talk about who's the hottest pitcher of baseball. It is definitely Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres. <laughs> so for long-suffering Padres fans that haven't had a whole lot to smile about over their long history, that was very so, – do we actually have the call? I want to hear uh, – Don Arsillo uh, does the call on the TV with uh, with uh, Mark Grant, Mud Grant, down there in San Diego. Is this the call we have? I believe it's the call we have. It is the call we have, right? It's the TV call. Do we have the TV call, guys? All right, hold on, because I would like to get that call if yeah. we could, because it, it really the- captured uh, – because I watched it last night. I was watching the MLB Network. I got a heads up that there's yeah. you know a no-hitter rolling in the MLB Network, flipped over to the uh, Valley Sports yeah. San Diego with their TV coverage. And just the excitement in those announcers understanding the moment that this was like history for the San Diego oh, yeah. Padres, that they finally get this no-hitter after 8,206 games.
5: And you know what I love about about baseball, and there's things that we'll talk about later that we do not like, but the thing I, I love about baseball is when there's a moment like that the entire crowd cheers. Right, they were not at home. They were in. They were in in Texas. But
4: there were um, Padre fans. Right, here, here's the call. Here is the call. Last night, the uh, last out of that no hitter.
6: Ground ball to shortstop. Kill-
4: Now, listen, that crowd. By the way, there's about 15,000. They had the sellout crowd. You remember that? 40,000. Yeah. But they only had about 15,000 there. And, I mean, that was a road team where the guy threw the no-hitter. Listen yeah. to that crowd. Sending the Friar faithful into a frenzy. I mean, Donner, so <laughs> I, a great call on that I one. Was,
5: I was at a... Um... When I played for the Giants, yeah, I, and I'm a Giants baseball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to see them play the Mets at at uh, at City Field, and. Um, the Giants threw a no-hitter that night. Who was, uh, I don't even remember the pitcher. now. It was 2014, I think, 2015. Um, And everyone, you know, there weren't a lot of Giants fans there, but everyone cheered because seeing something like that happen is pretty cool. And you don't see it very often, obviously. Well,
4: I mean, the drama of a no-hitter. I mean, when you're sitting there in the ninth inning, right, and it's like, okay, you got the first out, and then, you know, it just notches it up a little bit. I've been on the air several times in these very studios watching no-hitters unfold before me and I and it's hard for me to contain myself right and well I think the Mark Burley perfect game happened when we were in studio with the White Sox through a perfect game where a guy made some miraculous catch to save it and uh I couldn't help myself I'm starting to do play-by-play right and they're like don't do play-by-play and I'm like I'm watching the game you crazy this is unbelievable so it was very exciting last night uh, so eight thousand two hundred six games. That's how many games it took for the Padres to finally get a pitcher to throw a no hitter, and he did it there. All right, uh, Zalatoris, this uh, rookie Masters rookie just got a birdie. Yeah. He got to seven under, so he's in sole possession of second place. Again, Justin Rose, uh, two under through three today's nine under for the tournament. There are still guys out there, though. Uh, Speed and Thomas.
5: Moving day. Why I've always wondered why it's like is to, is is this day in the Masters? Is there more movement than other majors on day three? Not
4: really. I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cliche, <laughs> the old moving day thing. I mean, let let's put it this way: if if you look at you know by day's end. The winner is most likely going to come out of, if not the first, the last pairing, the next to last pairing. Right. I mean, if you, I mean, maybe, maybe an outside chance of the top six. But you know, at the end of the day, the winner's going to emerge out of the, probably either the final parent or the last two parents. Those, so that's, I guess that's what you say. And again, we got two big names out there that were on a lot of people's shortlist who win this year's Masters. Justin Thomas coming off his win at the Players. And Jordan Spieth, who, of course, is coming off a win last week in Texas and is suddenly looking like the Jordan Spieth we remember. We thought that yeah. guy was gone forever. And suddenly in 2021, Spieth has got it back. So Thomas and Spieth are still at five under par. They're four shots out of the lead. So uh, we'll continue to monitor it. I I think a lot of our show today, though, is going to be focused on the upcoming NFL draft. We're just a couple weeks away. There are so many storylines, Jeff, that we got to get to. So we're going to talk about the top of the draft right now. And what is Atlanta? What is Atlanta?
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
2: There's plenty to celebrate in March. And Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
6: What's up? I'm John Wall,
7: and I'm CJ Tulladonna, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings
6: called Point Game. Everyone, please
8: welcome Coach John Calipari.
6: We're getting deep by 18. My first game at Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a busted can't coach. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, coach. Love you too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever
4: you get your podcasts.
6: It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my goal. <laughs> All
4: right. Help Jeff Schwartz. That's the key here. Help Jeff Schwartz. He needs a passport for a six and a half year old. Like now. Not tomorrow. Now. Tell me. Find out a way that he can expedite. A I had one nice very person quick tweet me already. That's right, you did. Okay, uh, but I mean,
5: I I knew the Atlanta route, which is uh, again, it's because of COVID. You need appointments, which makes sense. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that things are different. I, uh, but yeah, State Department, just hit me up. I'm sure you're listening.
4: So, uh, what what is the situation with vaccinating kids to go out of the country?
5: Okay, great question. So, um, I uh, got my second shot on Monday. So, I'm not technically fully vaccinated for two weeks after that.
4: How was your reaction? I have my second shot coming up on Tuesday. So,
5: mine was, I think, more um, severe than most. Now, I I didn't get an allergic reaction from the shot, uh, but I was wiped out for twenty four hours. Okay. Like I, like now you have fever, Moderna, chills. Moderna or Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer. Pfizer. And, and look, I have my, Moderna? My wife was just fatigued. Like some, my dad got Moderna. I think and nothing. Pfizer.
4: Yeah, my but radio. he's older. You see, the older you are, the that's, less that's reaction you have. Yeah, that's what
5: I heard. And I and look and they say too, like the more handsome you are, the, tough, <laughs> the, the 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 stronger the reaction. So it made a lot of sense for me to have a strong reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Tuesday was was a bad day. But um, yeah, so kids under ten, I think, don't um, have to get tested to go to Turks either. You have to get tested to get in. Mm -hmm. Coming back though, I think the C D C changed their guidelines. So my wife and my and my and our friend who are coming are fully vaccinated. They don't have to get tested. And then my son and daughter under 10, I think I still have to get tested to come back into the US, which we did in Mexico a couple weeks ago anyways. Um but yeah yeah. so yeah it um yeah so I'm I'm just you know I'm just cursed with being too good looking. That's what (laughs) that's what the vaccine attacks.
4: All right. So uh you're making me nervous though although I'm much older than you Jeff see that's the whole thing i'm much older than you so i'm hoping that my age will work for me in the aftermath i'm actually taking a day i never take a day off you know that right but i actually had one of those floating holidays do me during the week so i just decided since i'm getting the shot tuesday i'll take wednesday off just in case just in case that would be that would be because i do a morning show it's not like you could call somebody like at four in the morning and say oh my i can't come in you know can you wake somebody up
5: that's a very good point.
4: Yeah, um, it's it's a little harder yeah. when you do the morning show like that last second <laughs> phone call. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm just not able to make it. So can somebody wake up somebody and get in there? All right. Uh, by the way, Justin Rose just bogeyed the fourth hole. So he's fallen back to eight under. However, Salatoris also bogeyed. So there's a group of... Three golfers right now, Connors Leishman and Zalatoris, that are all at six under. So Rose maintains a two-shot lead in the Masters. All right, we got to get to a lot of NFL draft talk today. I know you've been all over this, Jeff. Uh, Before we get to Atlanta at number four, because there are definitely, uh, I think, valid rumors out that they are seriously shopping that fourth overall pick, let's get back to San Francisco at number three. So well, let's even go further back. Let's go back to the Jets at number two. So they unload Sam Darnold. Yes. And it wasn't so much a a surprise because, again, you have a new coach. You have a new general manager. I mean, you you have new people coming in. that have no connection to the drafting of Sam Darnold. So, Look, when you're a miserable franchise like the Jets, starting a new is nothing new to them. They've started over over and over again yes. all the time. Um A um since you are in the Carolina area, you you have sort of like an insight on the reaction there, but were you surprised that they got less or more than you thought they would for a guy that was the third overall pick in the draft just a couple years ago? I think, considering what uh, the situation
5: was, they got uh, they got a lot more than they expect. They got three draft picks, and none of them are first round picks. But they got a second round pick next year. Yes, um, the I just second and fourth next year, would, and a sixth this yeah, year. I think the Panthers were in a, in a desperate spot because, look, David Tepper, their new owner, you know, he is like a high energy. Go getter. Like, he's not a uh, sitting back and being patient. He's not a Yeah, waiting well, I mean Teddy Bridgewater?
4: They were so high on Bridgewater well, okay, when they so signed is, him.
5: So, look, it's fair to point out I did not understand that signing when it happened. I thought the Panthers were going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. How about that? They would have tanked for a guy that is an hour and a half south of them yep. and would have been great for the franchise, would have been great for the fan base. You know, you know they played at Clemson when they first uh, were a franchise because they didn't have a stadium ready. So, like, that would have been a great fit for the Panthers. But they they went all in on Teddy. I didn't I didn't understand the team building there. I didn't understand the point. Because, look, as good as Teddy was in those five games he played with the Saints two years ago. He's still not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He has a great story. I, I'm glad he has recovered from his injury. Uh, but he's, he didn't strike me as a guy that's you're going to go down you know, on the road, he's going to win you the NFC Championship game, and then you're going to go to the Super Bowl, and he's going to win you the Super Bowl. He strikes me as a guy like, you he might get you to the playoffs, but you're not winning many playoff games with him. So I didn't understand that, considering with a new coach, and they've the general manager has kind of been fluid for them. Uh, but the new coach and, you know, David Tepper's fairly new. They just moved off Cam Newton. I just would have sucked yeah. really bad, I, as right. bad as possible.
4: All right, so Matt Rule comes in, and, of course, yeah. he brings with him Joe Brady, who was the guy that turned Joe Burrow into a superstar uh, at LSU and the number one overall pick. So when you watch Sam Darnold and what happened with the Jets, 38 starts with the Jets – how much was that on Darnold? How much was that on just the environment the Jets surrounded him with? You know, Gaze obviously took some blame. Adam Gaze, the coach, for not developing his young quarterback. But with rules, offensive mind, and then this genius, Joe Brady, who could just yeah. turn anybody into a superstar quarterback, is that going to happen for Sam Darnold in Carolina? So here's
5: here is the, the truth of it. In NFL history, there are not many quarterbacks – That have been as, um, and we're going to use kind of analytic, like analytically as bad as Sam Darnold has been, and then become superstars even become kind of average. Like Alex Smith is a great example, okay? And he's the one I'm going to use for Sam Darnold the entire time, right? So he was in San Francisco with very bad coaching. He got better coaching with Jim Harbaugh. Then he went to Andy Reid and become you know, became an above-average quarterback with the Chiefs. That's Sam Darnold's path. And it's a very slim path to success because it hasn't happened very often in NFL history. You know, people point to Josh Allen as a player, the Bills quarterback, and he made a historic improvement from year two to year three almost unheard of. So you're looking for an outlier here for Sam Darnold, but we need to see him get away from Adam Gase. Cause we saw Ryan Tannehill get away from Gase and become a much better quarterback. And can't, you know, if you move him away from Gase, what can he be? And I'm excited to see him work with Joe Brady. So I think, I think if you're looking for a quarterback to be average, that's probably what you're going to get above average to, to excellent. Probably not. Um, but I'm I'm gonna give it a year to see what he can do
4: all right so as far as the Jets are concerned they're banking on the fact that Zach Wilson who some are calling the Mormon Mahomes uh is going to be finally the answer after all these years with the Jets in search of the next Joe Namath uh, who led him to a victory in Super Bowl uh three You've seen plenty of this kid I mean is this a major upgrade in talent? from what they already had in Sam Darnold?
5: That's a good question, because Sam Darnold was viewed in that year as kind of like the gunslinger of the class, right? Correct. He was it, considered the yeah. best
4: talent, yeah. although Cleveland opted for Baker Mayfield, right. and I don't think they have regrets about that.
5: No, they they don't now. And, and, you know, Baker's a good example, too, of a guy that, you know, can get schemed up to be better, right? I think if you take Baker out of Stefanski's offense, out of that Shanahan-style offense, he's probably not, very good. We've seen that before, right? Um, and and so Zach Wilson, look, um, is he is his upside better than Darnold? Probably, but I still worry about uh, a couple things that come out of BYU one competition. Which I don't know. That's that, that doesn't really strike me as that big of a deal. But I just think when you look at you know he had a ton of time to throw because he had a great offensive line. Um, but you know these highlight throws, these great plays. Those kind of don't win you a super bowl in the end. Yeah. I know everyone's gonna point to Pat Mahomes and three jet wasp chip. Yeah, okay, but what about the other ninety nine percent of his throws that are in rhythm, in the pocket, on time, in the rhythm of the offense, not doing like so I don't know if we've seen enough of that from him. Like, like like whenever someone says, "Look at Zach Wilson throw," it's always these like great highlight plays, right? It's where he's running out of the pocket. Those throws are great. Don't get me wrong, but we don't see a lot of him just like three step drop, boom, three step drop, boom. Like that stuff kind of worries me. So we'll see, obviously, how he does in New York. But I get it, Robert. Robert Sala is a new coach there. Joe Douglas inherited Sam Darnold. These GMs and head coaches, they want their own guys. Of course they do. I mean, that's that's understandable. So that's why Sam Darnold's gone and Zach Wilson presumably will be in.
4: Think about this. If you're hired as a new general manager, your job's on the line. You have to believe in the players you bring in, the coaches you hire, because your fate is on them. So if you inherit people, well, why are they making all these changes? Well, because the guy got hired and he's going to get fired unless it works. And so if you're a GM, you're hanging your hat on your coaching hires, your player draft picks, the acquisitions you make. Uh, so I, I I don't blame the Jets for cleaning house. I hope that works out for Sam Donald in Carolina. I, he's a great kid, and we've known him you know since he was at USC. Uh, I had a lot of questions about him at USC because he was he was prone to make mistakes. He led the nation in turnovers his sophomore year. He had more turnovers than half the schools had that year, trying to make the big play. And as you said, that's not always the best call at the NFL level. All right, on the other side, we're going to examine the 49ers. Are they are they really, really going to take Mac Jones number three overall? We're going to weigh on that. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. As we welcome, in Mr. David Gascon. David, how are you today? I'm
3: doing good, man. Doing good. A lot of baseball on right now. I know you guys Love are uh, excited to see what's what's going on after the the day, the hangover, I guess, for the San Diego Padres. Unbelievable last night. It was so exciting, it really was. And there's something special about San Diego where they're they're extremely prideful in that homegrown talent that produces for them.
4: It, it was a perfect scenario. It really was a perfect scenario for them. You bring in this new pitcher Musgrove, who right now is the hottest pitcher in baseball, by the way. He was going into that no hitter, right? Uh, and he's from El Cajon nearby, yep. and. Went to Grossmont High School in the San Diego area. He was so excited. He sort of on the radar because there was all this hype about Darvish and Snell coming in. Yeah. And, you know, this Musgrove guy arrives as a local kid, and he's thrilled. Like, I can't believe I'm a padre. Yeah. Uh, and the guy throws the first no-hitter in franchise history. And it
3: reminds me of, of Super Bowl 32 when, when Terrell Davis, who's a San Diego native, yep. went down there mm-hmm. and put on a show as a Super Bowl MVP. So... Yeah, those guys getting it done, that's that's pretty nice and obviously historic. We were talking about that off the air. Matt Kemp was the one who hit the hit for the cycle for the Padres, the yep. first one ever in franchise history, so Wild things changing for San Diego over the last four or five years.
4: Well, we're going to get into the Tatis injury situation a little bit later on the show. That's a big, big question mark.
3: You guys are mentioning the Masters to open things up. And Justin Rose, as Steve had mentioned, is your leader of the pack right now. He's at minus eight. These two strokes in front of second place. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth right now are each at minus five. Another great day at the office for Jacob DeGrom. Only problem is, guys, zero run support. He went eight innings today, 14 Ks, five hits, and gave it one earned run. It was a solo home run in the top of the second inning. Miami leads at New York 2-0 in the ninth inning. Mets have three hits in this ballgame. Three hits. Rays right now 4 nothing over the New York Yankees. They're threatening again as well. They have runners at first and second and two men out in the home half of six. Marlins going to be Marlins. Mariners and Twins 2-2 in the fifth. Brewers 1-0 over the St. Louis Cardinals. And on the ice right now, Flyers and Bruins tied at 2-2. Dallas 3-0 over the Florida Panthers.
4: Back to you guys. You know, you mentioned Degrom, who, you know, won back-to-back Cy Young Awards near unanimous both times, right? And his combined record in those two years combined was 21-17. and 17. It makes he me... was 10-9 and 9 one year with a 170 ERA, and then he was 11-8 and 8 with a 243 ERA, and he was near unanimous. In the old days, they never would do that. He usually was the guy who won the most games that he would usually hand the Cy Young Award
3: to. But Felix Hernandez a few years ago was that Seattle. That was the first
4: guy. That was the first time that he won, like, 13 games. Yeah. and yeah. And finally, they went to, the, you know, well, let's take a look at the, other than wins. You know, like the year that Bartolo Colon won the Cy Young for the Angels, he had the most wins, but the rest of the numbers were not there. As
5: a as a Giants fan, I watched this with Matt Kane for his entire career with the Giants. Yeah, you know, the, the 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 team would would score three runs in, in every game he'd pitch, and he'd leave. You know, I think he, I think in his career they had he had, had 37, thirty seven thirty thirty one or thirty seven blown saves in his games he pitched. Like that's not fair. He shouldn't be punished for that in terms of Cy Young <laughs> voting.
4: It's always amazing to me. The year that Bob Gibson, 1968, had the 112 ERA, 112 ERA, he lost nine games that year. Nine games. He was shut out like six times. I mean, he had 34 starts. How about this? 34 starts, 28 complete games. Can you imagine that? 28 complete games and 34 starts. But he had nine losses that year. And you're like, how? Well, he got shut out all these times. All like One-nothing losses, two-nothing losses. So, uh, anyway, run scoring down a little bit this year. Looks like the love pitchers it. might have a little bit of an upper hand. And, you know, everyone's talking about the adjustment of the baseball, Jeff. David, thank you very much, by the way. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. Uh, that they maybe take, took a little juice out of the ball. Love it. And um, so, uh, I, I, I'm to me, there's nothing quite ex- as exciting. I love seeing dominant pitching performances. And, uh, and we, I have always liked some. it.
5: I've always liked it. I used to pitch in high school. Sure. And I, and I bet unders and unders are back, baby. <laughs> unders are hitting again. Like, I'm so happy because they're great bets because
4: I would imagine the every public- time that DeGrom pitches, you could have like money in the bank. So like, just play I, the under.
5: I auto bet the, the um, Mets, well, the game, first five under whenever he pitches because I, I just expect the Mets bullpen to blow it in the end. And so I don't like, I never take the game under. I hit the first five under. And it, it's, I think it's two, well, it's two for two for sure this year. Yeah. I think he's only thrown twice. Two for two this year.
4: All right. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Keep you updated on the Masters. Justin Rose has just bogeyed again. So back to back bogeys at four and five has dropped him back where he started the day at seven under. he had Birdies at one and two, part three, bogeys at four and five. His lead is down to one. All right, um, let's talk about the 49ers at number three. And Jeff, you know this as well as I do. It's not it's not just about who you pick, it's when you pick them. Correct. So this is sort of the game that everyone plays. Amongst the 32 teams in the NFL where you you throw rumors out there. You know, this doesn't happen by accident, folks. So you you leak stuff out there about a certain team's interested in this guy or they're not interested in this guy because all 32 teams have their own draft board. They're not looking at anybody else's draft board, but they're trying to guess what the other draft boards are looking at when they're moving up or moving down (laughs) the draft. So it's a little bit of a guessing game. There's a deception play and everything else. But if the 49ers who moved up to number three in the draft have their sights set on Mac Jones, the question is, why? I cannot imagine. Seriously, Jeff, how many of the 32 draft boards that are out there, okay, how many draft boards around the NFL do you think have Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields and Trey Lance?
5: I don't think Many. Um, I think there's even some draft boards that have Justin Fields at two and Zach Wilson at three. Right. But
4: how many have Mac Jones ahead <sighs> I, of both Justin Fields zero. and Trey Lance? The, zero. The the 49ers. So there's there's some important things to So talk why about would here. you move up to it doesn't make sense why they would so, move up to I mean, John Lynch is not a fool. Well, I mean, he's a smart guy. Why he wouldn't move up to three to take Mac Jones. Every executive will tell
5: you, former executive, that this is lying season, right? Yet somehow we're 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 the Niners are have leaked out during lying season. Yeah, you know John Lynch and or Kyle Shanahan who makes probably decisions is telling people they're going. This is they're they're going for Mac Jones, like he's. A, I just I don't believe it. But here's my here's my my long of of this situation. So I am all for a a team taking it taking a chance. With draft picks on a quarterback, I think that you should go all in on the guy that you love. We've seen it happen with the Chiefs, right? Trade up, get Pat Mahomes. Go for it. Go for it. Be aggressive. Get the guy you want. They're that important. But I'm with you, Steve. That this can't be Mac Jones. Okay. The argument that I'm seeing out there is that well, Mac Jones is like Matt Ryan, who Kyle Shanahan was the OC in Atlanta, and they won. The, you know, he won the MVP, and they went to Super Bowl. Or he's like Cousins, who his dad Mike Shanahan had in um. In, in, in Washington and who supposedly they've always wanted to trade for in San Francisco. But if I was – like Shanahan doesn't have to settle for those guys now, right? And Matt Ryan, by the way, has a fantastic arm. He just knows not as mobile. He doesn't have to settle for Matt, for Matt Ryan anymore. He have to settle for Cousins. He can choose between Jones, Fields, and Lance. Fields and Lance, more mobile higher upside, maybe not as ready as Mac Jones, but they're the guy that keeps beating him, right? They're the guy that when Josh Allen came into San Francisco, well, I guess it was in Arizona technically last year, and smashed him down afterwards Kyle Shannon and said, yeah, I like that type of quarterback. I like a guy who can move. And the idea that that they should settle for a less mobile quarterback because his offense is so good it makes average quarterbacks look even better. Well, that's silly. Why can't they run the offense with an exceptional quarterback? We saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers, with, with Matt LaFleur, who's an offshoot of this offense. He won the MVP! So the idea that he had to settle for Mac Jones because they'd done that in the past, that feels really silly to me, especially with a smart coach like Shanahan who sees how the game is moving towards towards more mobility at that position. Doesn't mean you're running quarterback, just more mobility at
4: that position. Well, again, if you if you really want Mac Jones, you can trade down. I promise you. He'll still be on the board. Correct. You could trade down somebody, I mean, we talk about the 3rd overall pick. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance. It could be Kyle Pitts. It could to be trade, it could be tra- Chase, it could be To trade up
5: and give up those picks for a tight end. Yeah, Just he's not Kyle any Pitts. but you
4: you know he's not any tight end.
5: Yeah, but it's it, Pitts, it
4: Pitts is is it, a, it, an amazing weapon. I would say that
5: with Kittle order in the roster, it feels tough for them to make this move and trade all those assets away. Like is Kyle Pitts worth your next two first round picks? That's I mean, I, I guess it's hard to put a value on that. But how many in Vegas, if the Niners were playing tomorrow and they're favored by three they add Kyle Pitts they're still favored by three yeah like, like, like is,
4: well then you know, then it's is, a matter of somebody trading up because they are absolutely sold on Fields or Lance with a third what,
5: overall pick but that's what that's where Atlanta comes in
4: all right and, so now let's get to Atlanta that's where we started the conversation now let's get there all right so Atlanta sitting at number four and they also are in the we've we've, we've been talking about the possibility uh, for the first time ever, the first four picks. We've, yeah. we've had three, but never had first four picks all being quarterbacks. Is there still a possibility that Atlanta keeps the picks and takes a quarterback?
5: I think it's very unlikely they stay at four and draft a quarterback. And, and the reason why is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is, is still pretty good, guys. Like He is continually um, you know, kind of a... a very good quarterback. We just don't know it because their defense has just gone awful in Atlanta and they've had injuries. But he can still sling it. And I think if you're Arthur Smith, you look at Matt Ryan with his contract and say, hey, man, we could probably let this guy run for three or four more years before we got to deal with getting with, with If I were them, you know, Kyle Pitts, if I stayed at four, that would be my guy. i go Kyle Pitts and give Matt Ryan that elite weapon at tight end. I know they have, I believe Hayden Hurst they traded for last year, uh, if you recall. But I just, I feel like that's, that would be That's what they should do now. That's what they stay at four. If they're if they're able to trade down, they should. You should always trade down. There's nothing wrong with trading down. It always almost works out. You get yourself more assets. So, if it's expected of Lawrence Wilson Fields, excuse me, Lawrence Wilson Jones. Sorry, I can't get that out of my head. Someone's trading to four for Fields or Lance, and it's probably the Broncos.
4: You know, every time I look at Matt Ryan's career, his career is almost identical to Philip Rivers. Almost identical uh, Except he's and,
5: had the, the, the MVP season.
4: But he had but that's the difference. He did have an MVP season and he did take his team to the Super Bowl, but if you look at the numbers, even last year, I mean, led the uh, league in passing attempts, passing completions on a 4 and 12 team, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks. He's he's a compiler of numbers. Um, but he did have the one season. You know, that one year he was the MVP, led the Falcons to a Super Bowl that, frankly, they should have won, uh, and they didn't. Um, So, I mean, all these people are like, well, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I know you're not one of them. Uh, Then Matt Ryan has to be an automatic. I mean, do you think of Matt Ryan as a Hall of Fame quarterback?
5: No, it would be interesting to talk about that if he had won the Super Bowl, though, (laughs) Um, how we would view that. But um, no, he's not a hall of famer. I think he's a really good quarterback. We're gonna and look, we're at the era now where these kind of stat compilers is what we have at quarterback. It's hard to to play in this league and not be a stat compiler. So I think Arthur Smith, the new coach in Atlanta, and uh, they have a new general manager as well. The name is is uh, escaping me. I would look to trade down. I, I think there's the research has shown that trading down is always the great <laughs> a great option because you just add more assets and you know the the player you pick it let's say 10, let's say the, the Cowboys aren't going to trade, but let's say it's 10. It's, you're getting the same value probably as you get at four. You just are, and you add a draft picket in the process if you're moving uh, back out of, the, out of the top four.
4: Uh, you don't know. Uh, it, it's Arthur Smith. Remember I told you about the business merger between his father, who's the founder of FedEx, and Blanks? Uh, they're both worth exactly the same amount of money, $6.3 billion dollars. So he hires Frederick Smith's son, Arthur Smith, to be the head coach for some kind of merger, is basically what he did.
5: Well, I know that. Ar- did you know that about
4: Arthur Smith?
5: I knew that his dad was FedEx, but Arthur Blank is Home Depot, right?
4: Correct, exactly. Yeah. So, but they both have Arthur Smith, his new coach's father, the founder of FedEx. Correct. And Arthur Blank, they have, according to Forbes, have the exact same net worth of about $6.3 billion. That,
5: so, uh, I, I give arthur smith credit for mm-hmm. wanting to coach this job with that much money yes like coaching is is crummy hours and crummy and and he does it anyways with all that money good for him
4: yeah so a guy that uh, was a very from a very wealthy family decided to go that route uh by the way bad news for jordan spieth he just double bogeyed number seven Man, so he we, has fallen back to three under days. par
5: Moving days going uh, the opposite direction now.
4: Yeah, there is not much going on today. The best early round of the day actually was shared by Francesco Malinari and Phil Mickelson. They shot oh, sixty nine today to get back oh, to even par. Uh, but nobody's shooting lights out today. And winds picked up a little bit in the afternoon. So we're not we're not seeing anybody light it up out there. Nobody is Golf. hot today. Everyone's right around even par. The only difference was that Connors guy, the guy you have all your money on, uh, thanks to that hole-in-one he had at number 6. All right, so on the other side, I want to get to a quick subject matter that was brought up by one of our compatriots here at Fox Sports Radio and get your thoughts, Jeff, coming up next.
1: We're just a bunch of fat kids living a dream.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our
6: shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey,
7: I'm John Middlekoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet.
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
2: There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex. Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
6: What's up? I'm John Wall,
7: and I'm CJ Toladonna, and we're starting a new podcast presented by
8: DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari.
6: We're getting beat by 18. My first game at Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game! Bro.
4: <laughs> Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz here, Fox Sports Radio Studios, and we are keeping our eyes on the Masters, where Justin Rose has a one-shot lead. Will... Zalatoris, and oh no, guess what just happened? We have a new leader. Xander Shoffley has just taken the lead. Oh, no, okay. he hasn't. What happened there? I was looking at my leaderboard, and it was like he went from 400 to 800. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a glitch in my system. I'm like, what the heck just happened there? Um, I'm not kidding you. I was watching one of the leaderboards, and all of a sudden it just Shoffley. I'm like, what? How did he do that? It didn't happen. All right, so Rose is still your leader. Zalatoris Leishman are one shot back. All right, I want to get to a, a comment made by one of our cohorts here, LeVar Harrington. Yeah. And he appeared on Fox Sports 1. And he said, having the top of the season that the Patriots had last year can make you rethink a whole lot of things of what you did in the past. And that seat is warm for Bill Belichick. Now, Ooh. now let's, let's, I mean, again, we talked about the biggest storyline going into 2020 along with the COVID situation was for the first time in 20 years, we've separated Brady and Belichick. How will that go? well, it couldn't have got any better for Brady. He wins the Super Bowl. By the way, that's four out of seven years. You know, it's the even years, 14, 16, 18, 20. And Belichick has his first losing season since the year 2000, which was Brady's rookie year when Bledsoe was still the starting quarterback before Brady took over as the starting quarterback. So the contrast was stark. But at the same time, in defense of Belichick, you had a season in which they were paying the price for kicking the can down the road as far as the cap was concerned. And they also had more players bail out of the season yeah. than any other franchise. So I thought at the very least they get a pass, especially when Cam Newton came down with COVID because he was playing decently yeah. up until that time. So, But do you agree with him that the pressure is on to show something significantly better in 2021 than we saw in 2020 for the Patriots.
5: There's two separate Bill Belichick's we need to evaluate. First, the coach, Bill Belichick. Second, the general manager, Bill Belichick, Mm. the general manager, Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. Okay. They, they have not drafted very well, especially offensive skill position players. They have now, um, they have now tried to rectify all those mistakes in free agency this has to work out for that reason for him. The coach Bill Belichick is never on the hot seat. They went seven and nine with that bum roster last season. Okay, he can still coach. He needs better players, and that and the general manager Bill Belichick has to provide the coach with better players. If he is on a warm seat, which he is not, absolutely not, his seat is freezing cold. He ain't going anywhere. As a warm seat would imply that if he if it goes bad this year, he's fired, which he absolutely is not. The general manager Bill Belichick has to give the coach Bill Belichick better players to work with.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's irresponsible to refute the fact that Belichick had any impact on Brady's career. That's ridiculous and I and we really, I heard this breaking down with the guys earlier just talking about the idea of Belichick's defensive mind and, and really teaching Brady different defensive looks oh, that yeah? you could be facing. Now the fact that Brady was able to execute that uh, is another story. Okay, on the other side uh, Jeff is upset at Major League Baseball. Really upset. You're going to tell you why coming up next. It's already been
8: addressed.
4: All right, rolling along on this Saturday moving day at the Masters. We're keeping an eye on the leaderboard there, and we'll continue update, too. Again, Justin Rose with a one-shot lead over Will Zalatoris making his Masters debut. we have got a weather delay, Steve. Weather delay. Yeah, it's they, – they knew this was probably going to happen today. I would tell you this. Most of the golfers out on the field would like a delay. I mean, it is – it's been rough going uh, today. It's the
5: spring in the south. You're going to get a weather delay once in four days. It's yeah. going to happen.
4: Well, if you got any lightning warnings and you have a golf club in your hand, you're definitely going to <laughs> run for cover. <laughs> so no question there. So a little weather delay right now, the Masters. But uh, Justin maintains his one-shot lead right now over Will Zalatoris. They're actually the final pairing of the day today. Uh, and by day's end, we get ready for tomorrow. Can't wait, final round of the Masters. All right, um, I, I, we're going to get a little baseball. We've been talking a lot of football, and we got some more uh, NFL draft talk coming up. But there was something we spoke before the show today that you really wanted to get to, and that is this: um, the rule that was a carryover rule. Now, remember, a lot of rules were implemented for baseball in the shortened season last year. For instance, they had the Universal DH last year. They don't have that. The National League, at least for one more year, is going to have pitchers hit. Probably the last year this is ever going to happen, but they decided to revert. Also, the uh, playoff rule. Remember last year, they expanded the playoffs. Instead of five teams in each league, it was eight teams, but they have reverted back to the way it was before with five. But one rule they kept on the books, and everyone seems to be totally perplexed. Certainly you are, Jeff, is the rule that you have a runner at second base. If you go to extra innings, starting with the 10th inning, there's a runner standing on second base at the start of the inning. How they got there is never really explained, but there's a runner at second base, and obviously this is an effort to avoid 16, 17, 18 inning games. Not that there are very many of those to begin with. But uh why why does this rule being maintained really irk Jeff Schwartz?
5: Well, I, I, I don't understand the purpose of the rule. So, you know, I am that last year baseball season I didn't watch very much of it. It was kind of awkward. It was in kind of in a bubble-ish situation. And, you know, it didn't even count because the Dodgers won the World Series. So um, it just just didn't happen in my mind. Um, And, you know, this year I'm back into baseball. I'm watching baseball. I'm gambling on it again. And I was watching the other day like an extra inning. And I was like, oh, they got a quick double to start the inning. And then I realized that they put the runner on second base to start extra inning. So I put out a tweet like, hey, does anyone like this? And 95% of people said, no, they do not like it. And I I got me thinking, why did baseball keep this in? And, you know, the reason is, well, to make games go faster. Yes. Uh, does it really make it go faster? And also, in the 10th inning... Who cares by that point? If you're a baseball fan and you're still watching the 10th of a game, you are a fan of the team who is playing that game and you don't, you just want your team to win. You don't care at that point if the game ends in seven minutes or ends in 27 minutes. At that point, you're already in. They've already locked you in. They're not. So this rule is only for fans that you already have locked into your game. And most of those fans are not ones that like rules to be changed we could discuss that as well but like for me if i'm watching i'm what like the giants and rockies are playing right now i put on the game first pitch about to happen i'm watching this game i will not watch the whole thing probably but if i'm still around in the 10th inning I'm in for the long haul. I'm already in baseball. You don't have to put a guy in second base for me to be more into the game. No one's turned the game on in the 10th inning of a Giants-Rockies game going like, hey, baseball, thanks for putting a guy in second base for me. I'm now a fan of baseball. Like I don't understand well, why
4: this is happening. All right, well, let me explain this to you, Jeff. <laughs> this is the Catch-22 Major League Baseball has right now. So their core audience is older, all right? Their core audience is an older demographic. No question about that. So what they're trying to do is figure out ways. This is why, and we're going to get into the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation and what the Padres are trying to do and maybe some pressures they're under, but we'll get to that in a second. But what they're trying to do, obviously, is to bring in a younger demographic, a new audience to watch the sport without – Somehow alienating their core audience. That's that's a slippery slope because the way I know of diehard baseball fans, people that are just baseball is their number one sport. They can never get enough. The idea of shortening the games. No, the beauty of baseball and what separates baseball from any other sport is there is no clock. Yeah. That, that it doesn't exist. And we have seen certainly in the postseason when the baseball has the brightest spotlight. How many years, how many playoff games have you seen that seemingly were over? That if there was a clock in the game, it would have been over. But there wasn't a clock. And you see these miraculous comebacks that only baseball can provide yeah. you because they don't have a clock. Now, I will tell you this. I, I, I This gimmick stuff, like this runner on second, is I'm I, I'm 100% with you on this. The only thing, they do a lot of experimenting at the minor league level Uh, maybe certain things that they could bring up to the major league level. Get your thought on this. How do you feel about a pitch clock? In other words Between uh, pitches or between innings? Between pitches that you Uh, have a clock like a 24 second clock to get a shot off in the NBA do you believe there should be a pitch clock on the major league level? And by the way they do have a pitch clock on the minor league level.
5: Yeah. I think pitchers in the younger generation moves faster they pitch faster like they just everywhere like on all levels and so i think when you watch a game now i don't feel very often that we are that the pitchers aren't pitching fast enough now relievers definitely take their time and if you watch a game where there's a bunch of relievers it's like it's a it gets a little long and i like the rule where, where you have to wait three batters before moving a reliever it does make The kind of the game go a little bit fast because we know some of the old school managers, man. It's left, right, left, right, left, right, like that. Like they're going their pen every single batter at the end of a game. So I think those adjustments are done. I I like the you know the in between innings clock. Like get out, get your position, warm up, let's play baseball. I don't feel there's a need. For a pitch clock in between uh, pitches, does it does it work well? Well, here's what they
4: they, they've been doing in the minor leagues since I think 2015, 22nd. They have a 22nd clock, but but again, I think even there they're missing the point. You want to know why? Why we have these lengthy games? The other day, Padres had a game against the Giants. Okay, and it was a three to two game. In that game, the Padre pitchers threw 162 pitches. 162 pitches. Now, why did they throw so many pitches? Because the Giants took a lot of pitches. This whole idea about the on-base percentage and the premium. And so you got hitters standing there taking pitches constantly, yeah, trying to work them and, and get these starting pitchers out. And this is why you see so many games now where a starting pitcher will throw five innings and he has 90 pitches, and you're like, 90 pitches in five innings because they're taking somebody. So when they talk about a pitch clock, if you really, if this was really concern to you out there as far as time is, really what you should do is have a, a pitch limit. You know, like they have in Little League. You know how that is. You know how it is in Little League, right? 70,
5: yeah, seventy-five yeah. pitches, you're out.
4: Well, or, or no, no, no. Like each batter only gets a certain amount of oh, pitches. so I, like oh, you, you got to swing. Have you never? And I know this when I, I was my I kids were in we're, li- I, lower level Little League. Yeah, it was I, like
5: I don't think we're there yet. With you my got son. five
4: pitch minimum, or something. Um, you got to swing be, the bat.
5: That would be incredible. I, my son does machine pitch. They just in through every three. They swing every. But pitch, if you, so. but
4: if that is, if that is really what you think is the big problem for baseball, is that. You got to quicken the games. That would be the only solution. Now I think that's idiocy. It Doesn't make any sense to me, but that would be the the real solution in shortening the games.
5: Here's my problem with what, where I think baseball is at with the youth. Is that you? If you ask someone a sports fan, just a sports fan, someone who likes baseball, likes all sports, you put them, you put a lineup. You put Steph Curry. You put uh, you put maybe Tom Brady. You put Pat Mahomes and you put Mike Trout. They'd be like who's the other guy? Who's that guy? who's Mike like who's the Mike Trout guy? They don't know who he is. Like they, they the best players in this sport are just don't seem as marketable. Now, Trout doesn't want to be marketable. Like that's part of it as well. But you have these NBA players, NFL players that are great at marketing themselves. It's part of their brand. All right. Well, let me Baseball explain to you.
4: Good. Okay. So here is where the Padres have a dilemma right now. So they had a great moment last night. Joe Musgrove, first no hitter in franchise history. But you have a situation going with Fernando Tatis Jr. He's on the cover of the MLB video game. You know, he's he's the he is the new face. Not just of the Padres organization, but they're looking at him as that that guy that seems to have everything that would appeal to a younger audience. And they got a problem right now. So if you don't know this injury, he's got this sort of a his left shoulder pops out every once in a while. And apparently, this has been going on for several years like he's been taping it up and it would really no one even knew this was happening. Until late in spring training, with about a week to go in spring training, he's going deep in the hole, doing a backhand on his left arm, and he extends the arm for the backhand, and the shoulder popped out. And everyone's like, what happened there? He's in pain. So we thought, okay, they're going to shut him down for the rest of spring training. They didn't. They brought him back, and he seemed okay. Okay. So you're like, all right. Yeah, it's not a serious problem. I remember asking some people about this. I go, he really swings hard. What if like it's not going to happen when he's swinging the bat? Well, guess what happened? He had one of those, you know, incredible swings and it popped out again. So now all of a sudden, and he was on pain. I don't know if you saw this. He goes down like, you know, he'd been shot and he was was on excruciating pain as you would imagine he would be. So Everyone's thinking, well, what's going on here? Well, it's a correctable thing. It can be corrected by surgery, but they said, we're not going to do surgery. We feel like he can get through the rest of the season. And I've talked to doctors like, there's no way this happened twice in two weeks. It's going to happen again but the pressure to keep him on the field because this is a Padre team that's never had any kind of national spotlight on him until now, and the big reason is Fernando Tatis Jr. So it's almost like they feel pressure, like we got to get this guy out there. Everyone's counting on this kid out there, but are you putting him at risk? And I, I wanted to ask you this about the whole – in fact, I want to do it on the other side because okay. I really want to get into this. the The mental aspect for a young athlete like him – Already feeling the pressure of performing at a high level when you get that $340 million contract extension on top of the fact that you got the spotlight on you. And dealing with that sort of injury and how it could affect his future, we'll get into that coming up next.
1: Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet.
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
6: What's up? I'm John Wall.
2: And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting
7: a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game.
8: Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari.
6: We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the
7: iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It wasn't even supposed to my That's my, my
7: name,
4: <laughs> Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. There is a weather delay at the Masters. Again, Justin Rose maintaining a one-shot lead. So... Watching highlights of previous masters, which is always confusing, by the way, when they do that. You're like, wow, how did he get up the leaderboard so quickly? And you're like, no, that was that was a couple years ago. All right. Um, we're talking about the Fernando Tatis Jr. dilemma for the yeah. San Diego Padres right now, where their young superstar, who they just gave a 14-year, $340 million extension on his contract, has got a problem. He's got a left shoulder that keeps popping out. Making routine plays, like deep in the hole, extending the arm, popped out. Taking a big swing, popped out. I mean, the the, you know, it wasn't like some freakish thing he was doing. These are normal things he will have to do on a day-in, day-out basis as a major league shortstop. So the Padres are just like keeping their fingers crossed that they can get through the season without having any further damage and then have some kind of surgery. And it is a correctable situation, but there's about a – five- to six-month recovery time uh, in the offseason. I've talked to doctors, and they've all said the same thing. Look, it's going to pop out again. There's no question it's going to pop out again. But I want to just the psychological. You're you're 22 years old, Jeff, and he's obviously got a lot of self-confidence. He wouldn't be the player he is at this young age if he didn't have that. And honestly, he's been begging the Potters, no, no, no put me out there. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He's like any 20. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't tell me I've got some kind of problem here. But when you have an injury like that and you feel the pain that he felt when he had that swing the last time we saw him on the field, doesn't that have to play some kind of psychological game with you that maybe I'm going to not swing as hard or maybe not extend myself as much? There's got to be some psychological play when you're experiencing that kind of pain.
5: Well, it's, it just seems to be a pain-tolerant situation, right? Because we have most medical experts, I've, and I've seen those same opinions as you, say you know, it's not going to get any worse, right? It's not going to no. injure his shoulder any worse than it was already injured now. So it's a matter of how much can he tolerate while playing in this season before he gets it fixed for next year. And you're right. At 22 years old, you think you're invincible. You can play through anything. And my concern would be not that... Not really that he's playing in pain. I mean, we all play in pain, and there is there is a, a time when that becomes too unbearable for you, and you have to. And I, I had that once in my career where my ankle was in such pain I couldn't play anymore. I, I'm still ashamed I took myself out of a game in the NFL. Like I just told my coach, "I Coach, I just can't play anymore. My leg is, doesn't work. Um, and I ended up being – it was right. It just wasn't working. Um, and – it's really hard that was in year seven like that's a little easier in year seven than when you're 22 years old to do that and so it's a matter of how can he play through the pain but my concern especially in a sport like baseball where you know your swing is something that uh that you know it's repetitive but that if yours one small tweak off you're not hitting the ball anymore right and so if he has to change the way he swings to prevent injuring his shoulder, which I'm sure will be in his head. I'm sure that the trainers will talked to him about it. I'm sure they will try to maybe alter the way he swings. Uh, you're not going to be as good of a player. And, uh. that to me, and that to me is where the mental part of this is. It's not playing through the injury. It's what happens when he's hurt and not playing as well because of his injury.
4: Well, you and talked so- earlier about – sorry to interrupt. But I yeah. wanna, I want to get this point in as you mentioned that because – Part of the appeal of Fernando Tatis Jr. We saw it like in the opening game of the season, right? He struck out three times that day. No one even talked about that. They were talking about that miraculous getting back to first base when it looked like he avoided the tag. I mean, that was all over Every, YouTube out of the. Uh, everyone's watching that play. Oh, look at look at how he he just does things in a spectacular fashion. How about right. this? In his first four games, he had five errors. How many, how many errors he had last year in fifty seven games? Three. Yeah. So it was like he's feeling this pressure of not just never never making anything look routine. Like he's got to make the spectacular throw. He's got to make the spectacular hit. He's got to do things in a certain fashion because people are watching you, man. They want to see you do the spectacular. And if you suddenly are told, hey, man, you, you got to pull back here. You, you, you can't. We got to keep you out on the field. I don't know if that registers with him yet. At that age, that's not what he's thinking. I've got to do something special. I got this contract. I only played 143 major league games. So that is going to be a mental war if he can even stay healthy on the field.
5: Well, that's when the the Padres trainers have to step in. And the Padres have to decide... What do they want out of this, right? They just signed Tatis to this big deal. He's
4: not going um, anywhere. And
5: he's not going anywhere, but there's a lot of pressure to win this year for many reasons. Mm-hmm. One is that is that, you know, you've you've went out and purchased yourself players and you've went out and traded players and mm-hmm. you've made the investment that I don't think the Padres have ever made in, in in roster building. And the Dodgers are really good. And if you if you don't try to win now, full steam ahead, you're not winning the division. The Dodgers are going to win over hundred games. And if you can't keep pace, then you're settling for a wild card now. And then it gets tricky because then you don't control your own destiny, right? You need someone else to, uh, to, to not be as good to be able to get in. So um, there's also that, right? They want to be the, in the spotlight. They want to be controlled. the West, and if, and if Tatis is healthy enough to play, it's an NL West will be a great a great matchup down the stretch um, with those two teams playing each other. I'd love to watch that that baseball. Of course, I'll be rooting for the Padres in that instance, but um, I, I just think they have to decide is it worth it. And I think right now, because the year's so early, you don't have to decide anything. If you struggle out the gate, then you can say, hey, maybe we don't do that. If you're playing well, maybe you say, hey, man, we're playing well. We don't have to bring them back yet. Um, if you're playing well, that might that might keep you know that might you might want to bring him back to continue to play well. I mean, there's many ways to view this. So I think the time is on their side, but how much time are they going to allow before they decide to 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 either let him play or give him surgery?
4: By the way, you mentioned the Dodgers, and I had this story because it was broken to me by a guy named Maury Brown, who writes uh, for Major League Baseball for Forbes. Yeah. That there was a full-scale investigation about pitchers using illegal substances on baseballs, and yeah, their Bauer. prime target was Trevor Bauer. And <laughs> and Bauer put out a video saying, you know, if I throw a pitch and it gets thrown out and tested, and there's a foreign substance on it, how do they know it came from me and not from the catcher's glove or a third baseman's glove or a foul ball? And guess who they targeted? They have they have absolutely confiscated yeah. several balls he used the other day, uh, where they said there were clear markings on the ball there was a stickiness on the ball does that even bother you i mean baseball has been a sport of cheating from the get-go from the time they started this sport 150 years ago to where we are today (laughs) finding a way to edge we have the Astros' schedule stealing signs putting stuff on the baseballs everything else cork bats i mean there's been so many cheating scandals does it even phase you watching baseball
5: the difference with the Astros, obviously, is they use technology, right? Which a lot, right. which hadn't been done before. Um, you know, the the ball manipulation has been done forever, right? And we know that. I mean, there was yes. a video yesterday I saw of a reliever. Just like it was, it was very clear. He had stuff on the inside of his glove. He would tap his two fingers very quickly inside of his glove and get ready to throw. And you know, and people estimate that you know ninety-five percent of pitchers are finding some way to get a little bit of stickum on the ball uh, to allow themselves to you know to to grip it better
4: or you know, increase or, their spin or, rate. Yeah, and that's the what rate. they did. It's amazing now that they can actually measure these spin yeah, rates. I mean, so
5: that's how baseball is checking if your spin rate is out of control.
4: And that's what it was last year with yeah. Bauer winning the Cy Young. They said his so, spin rate. Just went out of control
5: and look the the argument that um a the substance can come from anywhere i mean it, it's valid in court but it's not valid in baseball because we know where the substance is coming from right the catcher doesn't have pine tar on, in his glove and he's not greasing the ball up for you buddy right because the ball might get tipped and the umpire throws you a new ball the, the catcher ain't greasing that ball up for you right so like come on it's coming from your hand or your glove i should say your sure. hat or the, or the inside of your belt wherever it's coming from um I don't mind the cheating in baseball. I I think it's. Um,
4: Did you mind about the PED use?
5: No. So this is my thing with it. With, okay. So I'm, Barry Bonds, my favorite player ever. Right. Okay. Here's my argument for why he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I, I only have like 45 minutes left in the show. But my, <laughs> my argument is this, is obviously he had 400-400 before he used steroids. He's right. in it already. He was also the best of all the steroid users. Like, it was, he was the most feared player. He was the best player, all of that.
4: And by the way, but, a lot of this stemmed from the 1998 season when McGuire hit 70, yeah, oh, so he, he 66, pissed. when Bonds was recognized yeah. as the best player in baseball, he's and, like, well, those guys are using it and yeah. no one's saying anything, I'll use it. And yeah, what happened? And, 73 and, home runs.
5: And then you know, in '99, he was hurt, and then yeah. 2000 was the first year when he started hitting. And, and mind you, he only had 50 home runs that one season. He, he was not—he was not this guy who like Sosa, who hit 60 or Maguire multiple it, years in a it, row. It, no, all one but the,
4: he, 0-1 through four seasons are the the greatest right, so four had, year run correct. of any batter so, ever.
5: And here's so here's my point about Bonds. And that year, two thousand four, he had two hundred thirty-two walks. It's incredible. Um,
4: he had over one hundred and twenty intentional, intentional walks. walks. It's,
5: it's incredible. So yeah. here's my point about Bonds: is that baseball did not test for steroids Correct. when he was playing. Correct. In, in in the CBA, there was language about steroid use. Mm-hmm. But they did not test for steroids. Correct. And so if you didn't test for steroids, Mm -hmm. you cheered the steroid era on because it revived baseball after the strike and you profited from the steroid era. And the the only reason you started testing is because Congress got involved. To me, you can't just ignore that era happened. And the way I the way I would look at it if I voted for the Baseball Hall of Fame is this. If I suspected a player used steroids, and this is also part of my problem, Steve. I don't know who used, who did not use. There we've are already guys, guys in the Hall of course Fame course there that are, we are, know seen, used. Like, but we've also seen guys test positive for PEDs. Yes. That like D Gordon, he weighs 165 pounds. Bartolo Cologne. It's not just to bulk up in that era. In mm-hmm. that era, it, yes. it was guys got kind of ripped. Now with with HGH and designer things, you're not going to. It's for recovery and rehab and being able to train harder and faster, all of that. And so I think there should be a different threshold. It, you know, if if Barry Bonds was the best of the steroid users, he should be in the Hall of Fame. If you think a player, I think you can make this argument for Maguire, who used steroids at a very early age of his career, supposedly, obviously he was with Kinseco in the late eighties yeah. that, that his career was mostly aided by the use of steroids. He wasn't a great fielder either. Right. Barry, Barry Bonds was an eight time gold Glover. He was an amazing fielder. He had over 500 home runs. So to me, there should be a, and it, look, every, every, the bar is different for every voter, but that if you're an elite level player during the steroid era, assuming over oh, 50% of players used, I think it's very fair to assume use something at some point. Yeah. Um, that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, well, it's not, it's not uh, a Hall of No one did anything wrong ever. I,
4: again, I mean, A Rod's on the ballot this year coming up. I mean, six hundred, what, six hundred and ninety-six home runs. You are going to ignore the guy? Come it, on! It,
5: like, like his thing. It all comes down to whether or not we like the player. Because David Ortiz, for example, and yes. I, he has never tested positive. I, I don't believe. Oh, he yes.
4: appeared on that list. He briefly. appeared on the list.
5: He appeared on the list. Yeah, people love David Ortiz. Of course they do. But he hit home runs way later than most people. How about hit home his runs. last
4: season? <laughs> do and you look at the numbers his last season with the Red yes. Sox when he retired?
5: And, and most Come on, players, nobody puts and, up numbers and, and, like and that. And most players, yeah, age. Okay. Yes. And you know, you can still hit home runs at forty, mm-hmm. but you don't hit forty home runs at forty. And there was and a so, suspicion
4: about Jeter that late season he yeah, had with that so, revival. And so we, we mm. and we love David
5: Ortiz, right? Great story. Yeah. He's very fun. He's gargantuan. like he he's he's laughing and enjoying life. And I love I I, I love listening to talk baseball. I'd, and I would put him in the Hall of Fame too. But the idea that we, you know, Bonds this curmudgeon who we didn't like—it's all about who we like and who we don't like. And the same writers yes. that cheered the steroid era mm-hmm. are now the ones like on Mount Pius. I'm not going to vote in a right. Steroid the same guy.
4: writers, by the way, that gave Bonds here. four straight MVP awards—what we know what happened—is shoe size like, went no from was, ten no and a half one, to thirteen. No one was. Nobody and, said anything. They what, gave him the word. Same guys here's are suddenly the thing. rewriting history. And
5: here's the thing: I, yeah. I know we have to get to to an update. Yes, is that if you ask any player of that era, and, I'm, and I know some of them I work with Paul Duca a bunch, who obviously was a Dodger catcher. Mm-hmm. Same point. All these guys that played with Barry Bonds in that era will tell you he was the best player in baseball during that time. It was not Ken Griffey Jr. Don't give me that. It was Barry Bonds. Okay, and he. Every player will tell you that. There's no one that'll tell you otherwise. He was the best player in baseball during that generation.
4: Can you guarantee yeah. me when uh, when Griffey had back to back 56 home run hitters at the height of the steroid year, he wasn't? I've said. This Can you Twitter? guarantee I, that I, to I, me?
5: I've said this on Twitter before. Yes. People do not like it, Mm -hmm. but he played on a Mariner team with guys using steroids. Like Mm. the the idea that, here's the thing, the, I'm not a, and you've heard me talk enough now. Like I'm not someone who believes very much in outliers in sports. They happen, of course. Yeah. But are you telling me that like, you know, you know, I think, I think I think I looked at it one year of the home run list mm-hmm. where it was like nine steroid users and Griffey. And right. It's like,
4: well, it's uh, same thing with Jim Tomey in Cleveland. <laughs> Tomey hit then, over 600. Well, he's a big guy. Lovable. Everyone loves and the guy. Look, and, Half of his team was on steroids. And, and, and Albert yeah, Bell. And uh, guys, uh, all these guys. But here's the thing. Like Hank Aaron, Manny.
5: But here's the thing. Hank Aaron, no one would accuse of using PEDs. Now, right. maybe in that era, the greenies. Yeah. And, 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 and the and and yeah. Right. Okay. But like... You you can't hit a lot of home runs and not be on steroids. That that's but the, our point I think me and you is that to be above suspicion playing in that era and playing so well kind of
4: bothers us. Well, that, 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 again, you, I assume all of them. Did. Yeah, and, and like, so you and, and you know why because they weren't then. testing for it and there was no rule against it and i love
5: watching baseball then and like good good yeah. for
4: baseball hit a bunch of home runs all right all right <laughs> well let's pause for a second all right uh let's find out what's trending right now because a man that's never been other any suspicion for ped use is david gaskett well that's not true P- pizza enchiladas and dr pepper yeah it's in the inventory although there's been <laughs> some whisperings from Shut iowa up, sam up.
3: about you yeah yeah Whatever. I mean <laughs> no juice. I'll, uh I, I could agree partially <laughs> with that. Uh, yeah. you know Barry Bonds was was hell of a hitter. Yes,
4: yeah, so but long he was, before he was uh,
3: juiced up. But not a five tool guy. I'm not putting him well, over Kane. Well, no, Jr. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. Whoa, no, whoa, no whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, he he's the same guy that could not throw out Sid Bream from shallow
4: left field. All right, so his arm was weak. That's why he yeah. was in left field. Yeah, so don't he, give he me that. Did, he he he's he a five-tool guy.
5: He didn't have a gun, but he won eight Golden Gloves in left field. Sure, like, but, let's not pretend. And he stole, he stole, you know, 400 bases in four started in the third. But
3: place. a Gold Glove is just like making the Pro Bowl or an All Star game. Like it's a reputation thing. And once you get in, then all of a sudden you're still getting these awards too. But we're talking about like range, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, Trump's him well, he, bar none. Yeah, but he played
4: center field. That's the, the different position.
3: Well, of course, but you're, you're taking your best outfielder and putting him in center field. The, I guess Bonds. my only
4: question about uh, Griffey was he had back-to-back 56 home run seasons yeah. in Seattle uh, at the height of the uh, the steroid era, and he's the only one not under suspicion. Well, I mean,
3: don't forget Barry Bonds also have Jeff Kent next to him. I mean, Jeff Kent won an MVP, no, but so we,
5: but we think Bonds use steroids. That's our point. Like, yeah. Know, like but you talked not...
3: about you talked about Griffey having guys that use steroids in his lineup next to him, so he had protection.
4: No, and why, why do Barry Bonds no, also no, had protection. No, no. And why no. do you think Griffey's career sort of fell off? Well, That's it did not what I meant. Dramatically. I, I
5: meant that, that if everyone else is using it in his locker room, yeah. I kind of think the other people are using it as well. That's what I meant. Not that he had protection. They all have protection. All the big hitters do. I don't care about mm. that. Whatever.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, I think it's fascinating. Because don't forget, Roger Clemens was left for dead. He leaves Boston, then he goes to Toronto. When back to back Cy Youngs too. Yeah, he so. was
4: forty and thirty nine his last four years of the Red Sox. <laughs> wild. Wasn't Koseko just... in Toronto at the time?
3: Yeah. <sighs> That's wild, man. Uh, Speaking of Major League Baseball, guys, Jacob DeGrom, another fantastic outing for him today. Mets still find a way to lose 3-0 to the Miami Marlins. DeGrom, a .64 ERA in two starts this year. Mets are 0-2 in those two outings. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, they shut out the New York Yankees today. 4-0 was the final score. Mariners and Twins still locked up at Deuces, and Brewers got the better of the Cardinals so far. 5-2. That's in the top of the seventh inning from St. Louis. Rockies and Giants just underway from San Francisco. No score just yet. Same score in Houston between the A's and the Astros. Oakland 2-7 on the year. As far as the Masters goes, they are in round number three. Justin Rose is still your leader. He's at minus seven, one stroke in front of second place. On the ice right now, Philadelphia Delphi with less than ten seconds to play, leading Boston three-two. Stars took care of the Panthers. Four-one was the final. I mean, are we, we going to get Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame? I mean, if Mike Mussina's in, that's a, that's a political play. Yeah, I
4: actually spoke Shipper. to I actually spoke to a a longtime baseball writer uh, who votes for the Hall of Fame who left Schilling off his ballot this year because he admitted. As a voter, he could not separate his baseball achievements from his politics and
5: this is the Schilling's not in because of that in my opinion, which is why he wanted off why he wants off right. the ballot because he yes. wants because the veterans will vote him in um and you know and that and that's the question right is that and i i would i have the opinion that it'd be tough i mean I, I think you just consider what they did when they played now, obviously, if someone is a criminal, you would look at it maybe differently, but Schilling is Committed no crime, right? He just his political views we disagree with. Um, so that that's that's why he's done it. I don't think it has anything to do with with steroid use or anything.
4: All right. So um, yeah. All right. Well, I want to put that aside, uh, David. Thank you very much because we're so up against it uh, in our short amount of time we have together. I have got to get to this Deshaun Watson story, yeah. Rusty Harden. So he's being represented by one of the most famous attorneys out there, Rusty Harden. And Hardim has a press conference and said that some of the massages that Deshaun Watson arranged eventually became consensual sexual encounters. So this idea that these stories are being made up about, you know, any kind of sexual—he he jumps the gun right out of the box Yeah, and immediately says— They, You know, some of the massages arranged. Yeah, they eventually became consensual sexual encounters. We are going next level with this Deshaun Watson story. And if you're the Houston Texans right now, what are you doing? So I'll just say this from a a therapeutic purpose of massage.
5: You know, when a player who has money like Deshaun Watson and the caliber of Deshaun Watson – you find yourself one massage therapist, and you keep them forever. That is what players do. That I, when I retired, I found someone to work on my body in Charlotte. She was hired by a baseball player who she knew, like full time. He's a he's a one of the best baseball players in baseball. He, they knew each other, and she was hired to work on him full time because that's typically what you do. You find the person you like, and the reason why you find the person you like and you stay with them is they, or one, they learn your body right. Sure. They learn how your body works, how your body responds to treatment, how your body responds to practice and they're able to work a plan with you and it ends up working out great when you find your own person so the idea that sean Watts had 40 masseuses yeah. and rusty Harden said oh was covid that guys i think if we just say that he was not looking these massage therapists up for therapeutic purposes now, like, that, that would like, make that, sense. I mean like you don't that, have to
4: be a genius to yeah. figure that so one that, out, right? But, but
5: I think but I think people are are like are, are and I saw people a lot of, a lot of you know on social media like that's a lot of massage therapists. Like, why does an athlete need that many of them? I'm explaining they they don't. They don't need that many. Okay, so here's what the, for the Texans, look, um First of all, again, the Houston Texans did not set this up, okay? This doesn't benefit them at all. Um, I think they were going to keep Deshaun Watson on the team this year, and he, he was going to be their quarterback if he showed up. To, uh, that would have been the question. But they have no draft picks. They have a quarterback now who – the the commissioner doesn't put players on the exemplist during the offseason, so there's no reason for Deshaun to be on the commissioner's list, which is basically a suspension. Um, and – so he's not suspended at the moment but if they went back to work very soon he'd be on the commissioner's exemplist because he they wouldn't let him back in the facility until this is all this all dealt with uh he it feels likely he will be suspended the nfl does their own investigations which i disagree with kind of the way they do their process but they do it anyways and they're most likely going to interview victims and they're going like to render their own judgment and suspend him at some point? Unless, look, it could, it could all be nothing. We don't know that yet. We're well, speculating.
4: what they did was they signed Tyrod stop calling me Tyrod Taylor. Everyone yeah, calls him Tyrod. He says his name Tyrod. is Tyrod Tyrod uh, yeah, Taylor. But, they, uh, but, I mean, look, but it, but they have no draft picks. This is a washout season for the Texans. Owen 16 would really actually do this franchise a huge favor right now. It would. Um, so who's the,
5: who's the number one quarterback next year?
4: Well, that's is the it, whole point. It, is we it don't know. Slovis
5: or JT I mean, Daniels. Two
4: years ago, did we know that Joe Burrow was going to be the number no, one pick in the no, draft? There's always
5: someone coming, but exactly. it's, but it's hard to like tank for someone we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I don't think they're going to have a choice on tanking. I mean, that yeah, team is—they be... are an absolute mess right now. Think yeah, about where they gonna... were just a couple of months ago, right? Like you said, you you could call his bluff that he wasn't going to sit out the season and force him to play, or you were going to trade him for a boatload of picks, right? Jets, Dolphins, we had all these different teams that were willing to, you know, we thought would be willing, and they said, no, 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 he's not on the trade block, and now you're at this point, but this is not looking good.
5: But I really think, though, that there was a a possibility that someone might have called him with a package that was too big to pass up. Like, Houston, was, it was worth their time to listen to the Panthers or the Jets. Like, it was was worth it to do that. They might not trade him, but if the Jets say, hey, we'll give you two, we'll give you a 18, will give you two next year uh, in the first round that I think they would have listened to it. I don't know if they would have trained them, But now, obviously, no one's training for Deshaun Watson. And the Texans are in a, a really tough spot. And this, again, kind of goes back to why I think it's really silly to suggest that they, they set this up. Like they want this to happen. They don't want this to happen. Um, and it's... There's Steve. There's there's no great answer. There, there's no answer. I can't tell you right now what they should do because there's not a lot of options in free agency. There's they have no. There's no reason to trade for a quarterback. You know, uh, Terod Taylor is good enough to win you enough games to not be the first pick. So uh, that that guy, man, he he got. He got beaten out in Buffalo by what Nathan Peterman and then Josh Allen goes to goes to Los Angeles. Almost to San Diego for the hundredth time. Goes to Los Angeles, gets a punctured lung. Justin Herbert comes in and plays great. Now he goes to Houston, has to lead this dumpster fire yeah. uh this season. Uh and they have a new coach, David Coley. So um Yeah, they're they're, they're in a rough spot.
4: Yeah, the Texans, uh, they can pretty much write off 2021. We'll be on top of that story. Uh, One final thing on the other side. A lot of controversy in the state of Georgia. So how is the Masters able to stay free of controversy? We'll explain coming up
1: next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM.
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's Radio's iHeart Country Radio discover more shows and movies for free
6: What's up? I'm John Wall
7: and I'm CJ Tolodona and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings
8: called Point Game Everyone please welcome Coach John Calipari
6: We're getting deep by 18 my first game in Kentucky they're saying a are busted can't coach Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't
6: even supposed to be my That's my goal.
4: <laughs> Steve Harmon, Jeff Schwartz. Want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam. Oh, yeah. Have a big day tomorrow, Iowa Sam. Big day tomorrow. Rich is back. Oh, Rich, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nice. David Gascon.
3: Wrapping the arm, wrapping the elbow.
4: Yes, 110
3: pitches today for you guys.
4: Lead a lap. Lee wasn't happy, I think, with the earlier show today. They were disparaging Aaron Rodgers. Hey.
5: How's he been doing on Jeopardy? I I haven't
4: watched. Uh, he was doing okay, I guess. I mean, there were all these hints that he wanted that job and not the job as Packers quarterback. I love how those things start to sure. <laughs> can uh, He can split time. <laughs> I think he can do both out I there. I love when they
5: put him, by the way, in a, like, a non-flashy suit. He'd never wear mm-hmm. any of those outfits. I know. And, and even public. the
4: hairstyle. You know, it's like the side party, like the oh, yeah. Hartman side part. It was. I love bit. it. Um, I, I wanted to just, uh, wrap things up talking about, uh, how Augusta National handled the media this week. Yeah. Uh, the media was out to get him. Um, obviously we had major league baseball move out of Atlanta because of all the controversy about the voting laws in the state of Georgia. And here's, here's the masters. And it was interesting. There was, there was one reporter in particular that just kept firing questions at players. Um, one of them asked, uh, Phil Mickelson specifically, does it, is it difficult for you to play the masters knowing the history of this tournament? And Phil was, he was ready for that one. He basically said, look, I, I grew up, um, Uh, In California, I'm not familiar with every individual state laws. I know in California, we try to be very progressive and everything else. I mean, basically deflected next question, right? Uh, Fred Ridley, the chairman, addressed it early on and pretty much uh, skated by. You know, they talked about a local black college that they uh, contribute a lot of money to. Uh, People forget about golf in general, donates way more money to charities than any other sport it's not even close I mean hundreds of millions of dollars from these golf tournaments so is it just a different set of rules for different sports because uh, and apparently there were some protests uh, but no one ever called attention to it but that somehow in the midst of all this controversy with the all-star game of baseball the masters they they they're like well how about moving the masters out of Augusta
5: Oh sure, sure. Yeah, that would uh, be a great
4: idea. Yeah,
5: you know, I I think there was backlash to you know, what Major League Baseball decision. I think I even saw the president. Uh, talk about how uh, that you know might not have been the smartest move, and when you look at you know, and you talked about this last week, and it was a yeah. very valid point. You look at you know how this hurts local businesses that have yes. nothing to do with yeah. with the laws enacted by yeah. the you know, the the Georgia state legislature. So, like, I think that people look at that and say, "Hey, maybe you know the reaction was too swift from from Major League Baseball." And I think that you know for Augusta and for that tournament, um, you know, and they always seem like very isolated anyways you know it, it seems like they mm-hmm. kind of always done what they want which i think people you know at times they've, they've done some things that that you know we not everyone agrees with but they seem like isolated from uh, at least golf does from a lot of these controversies where sports in, interject themselves well i i think politics. look
4: i think the masters people are very aware of their history and i think they've oh, they tried are, to make yeah, moves they, they you know whether with inclusion of women or minorities or whatever. They understand it. They understand their history, and they've tried to, you know, be more progressive. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but the, but
5: you know, it's. I think after the backlash that baseball got, especially from, like I said, I believe the president said, like, hey, I don't know if I agree with that. that. That ended it right there. I think. Yeah. With, with Augusta moving, uh, or really the Masters moving the tournament.
4: All right. Very very good. Well, Jeff, you have a wonderful. Hey, somebody help him with a, passport, a passport for a six year old.
2: Let's do it. But,